and welcome back to the Counterpoint Podcast. My name is Jeff Borup. This month we're talking about mastering the art of civil debate. In today's competing world, it's becoming more and more difficult for new ideas to resonate on a level to affect noticeable and profound change. People are less willing to engage in delicate discussions with friends, family, or colleagues for fear of causing offense or creating unwanted tension. Indeed, the partisan nature of American politics is inherently at odds with civil discourse. The communal manner whereby we receive information and the anonymity of the Internet likely only contributes to this hesitation to engage. To some, it's just not worth the fight. The idea that people tend to disagree about things, nonetheless, is nothing new, even before the rise of Twitter. But rather than run and hide from sensitive subjects, consider these five simple steps as a means to becoming a better orator, a more respected conversationalist, and to help assess when and under what circumstances an opinion should come to bear on any particular conversation. These five steps are, number one, only offer your opinion, if you so choose, upon an appropriate invitation to do so. Number two, allow the key issue to be summarized and repeated to you. Number three, maintain a listening attitude. Number four, find common ground and beat it to death. Number five, ensure your opponent accurately understands your position and repeats it out loud themselves. Now this comes with a warning, and that is to don't believe everything you've been told. While the purpose of this podcast is to focus only on the five steps described in order to become a more well-rounded speaker, it's also beneficial to re-examine a few of the common misconceptions surrounding debate tactics. The first one is that we should always respect other people's opinions. This is some of the most common advice given in the context of debate preparation. While this is a suitable position to hold, in truth, there are a slew of opinions many of us simply have no tolerance for, and this is okay. One need not grant horrific ideas artificial reverence in order to engage in effective debate. This is not to suggest that we can all come to blows and cry foul at every turn. Rather, the point is that emotions, even in the context of a debate, are perfectly fine to feel. They're natural and can even be useful. What matters is that in order to become effective, we still must be able to employ a definite, measured technique that applies in every situation, and no matter our subjective feelings about the topic of discussion, feigning respect, however, need not be seen as the only way forward. The second suggestion is that we, quote, know all the facts first. The problem with this is that knowing everything is frankly impossible and the need for such can lead to a slippery slope down the path of no resolution. Undoubtedly, the less educated we are on a specific subject, the more susceptible and hesitant we might be to combat certain assertions. But so long as we're understanding and accepting of those insecurities, there's no need to endlessly hit the books on every issue before jumping in with the sharks. The more we know and the better prepared we are, the better, but also the more embedded in a potentially misguided way of thinking we might become. For me, I try my best to become better acquainted with a variety of topics, but I'm the first to admit that by no means am I an expert in any one of them, debate included. Indeed, rare can even a book convey everything there is to know about a particular subject. 
but we can rest assured knowing that through debate also comes knowledge. And it is our willingness to engage in these types of discussions openly, even absent a complete understanding of the facts, that truly allows for self-discovery and learning beyond that which may be achieved in a classroom setting. And finally, before we begin, the other common misconception is that we shouldn't go into a debate trying to change the other person's mind. To the contrary, one of the primary objectives of getting into an argument is to bring the other side with you. Indeed, if we enter into a debate with no stakes, it's really not a debate at all. It's just a conversation. And by treating it as such, we may fall victim to certain unintended consequences. For instance, the question, what did you do at work today? When asked by your wife at the end of a long day with the smell of dinner cooking on the stovetop, does not carry with it the same weight as when asked by a police officer as you're sitting in handcuffs underneath a bright light. One is intended to be innocently inquisitive, the other is inherently adversarial. It's only in our antagonistic states that we really begin to dig into the depths of how we feel and become better informed as to the truth at hand. We need the pressure associated with disagreement. By pretending otherwise, we may be missing out on an opportunity to better know ourselves, know the truth, and to further develop as individuals. So let's get right into it. The five steps to becoming a more skillful and respected conversationalist. Step number one, only offer your opinion, if you so choose, upon an appropriate invitation to do so. Your views are important. Indeed, they are the most significant aspect of who you are. They matter. As such, your deeply held beliefs should not be negligently tossed around at every sign of dissent. Consider your own state of mind first before you begin to argue. Understand whether you are mentally fit, physically able, and emotionally prepared at this very second to engage in a discussion. Next, examine the setting you're in and the circumstances you find yourself under. Are those who are so willing to debate you also of sound mindfulness and concord? If you do not feel they are, or you're unsure whether the setting is ripe for such a discussion, then simply pass on it. Remember, you're under no obligation to change the world today or ever, and there will no doubt be other, better opportunities to showcase your thoughts should you feel so obliged. So that said, should you elect to engage in debate right now, remember that the setting you're in is also constantly evolving. Be attentive to how the discussion sways back and forth, and note the severity of each swing. If things begin to get out of hand, then disengage. This is also permitted and perfectly reasonable. If the tension becomes unhealthy, then choosing to remove yourself peacefully from the conversation is wise. It is respectable to bow out and allow for your opinion to be received at a later place in time. And if those with whom you are speaking refuse to take no for an answer, then rest assured knowing that it was not the type of exchange you wanted to be in in the first place. And continue to slowly divest yourself from further exposure. Step two, allow the key issue to be summarized and repeated to you. If you do decide to jump in and the conversation appears to be one in which reasoned minds are willing to eat are willing to be equally exposed to new and offensive thought, then begin in a calm, low-volume voice by politely having the key issues summarized to you. If asked a question about what your thoughts are on a specific subject, have everyone restate their positions first. Let them reduce the facts to a specific issue and ensure that they repeat the question to you. It's paramount that you have a complete and exact understanding of what you are being called upon to consider. 
ask if there are any factors that you're specifically being required or asked not to consider. Inquire as to whether the parties involved have already identified the assumptions upon which their opinions are based. No matter the technique you employ moving forward, before you even hint at an opinion of your own, ensure that you have a clear indication of what you are remarking on and that all participants have made their conclusions on the topic known, and then assess how comfortable they are with the assumptions that they have made. Step number three is to maintain a listening attitude. One of the key remembrances of any debate that I've been a part of, much to my regret, has been walking away feeling like I spoke too much. No matter the content of my words or the end result of any discussion, for some reason, I feel more successful in those instances where I did little speaking. I've also noticed that for me personally, I tend to find myself sliding away from my initial stance the more I speak openly about it. I end up talking myself out of my own position. While this shift in thought is certainly beneficial in the grand scheme of things, it has cautioned me to try to become more of an active listener rather than simply overtake a conversation. The key is to remain engaged, ready to jump in at any moment. And it's okay to let the other parties do most of the talking. Do your best to avoid the often irresistible temptation to interrupt. You should be positioning yourself to give advice that matters in one sentence. So keep the mindset that a better opportunity to speak is just around the corner. Step number four is to find common ground. This is a surefire way to achieve instant credibility in any debate. But what's important is that your commonalities are discussed ad nauseum. Whatever similarities you have with those you're speaking should be exhausted beyond measure. Drawing out agreements in this manner will not only condense the issues further, but it will pare them down to such a degree that your opinion on the issue will be limited. And the idea here is to safeguard as much credibility as you can. The less exposure, the better. You're going to want to stay on topic, of course, and be willing to occasionally concede points where appropriate. But part of the reasoning here is for you to buy time to better understand what's being required and to formulate a more well-thought-out position. And finally, you're going to want to ensure that your opponent accurately understands your position and repeats it out loud to themselves. This is step five. And this is the trickiest part here, is to actually embark on a journey of discussion and render an opinion that resonates with your audience. What I've found is that simply telling people the answer you want them to hear is, well, not the answer. The key is to encourage them to make your point for you. And this can be done by asking the right questions. In law school, for instance, there are a few instances where students are told the answer, but it's rare. It's rare to actually know what the law is, in part because it's ever changing, but primarily because law professors typically engage in a manner of instruction using what is known as the Socratic method. The Socratic method is a form of cooperative, argumentative dialogue between individuals based on asking and answering questions. While not every debater is a philosopher or professor of law, if we're able to approach debate with a greater eye towards listening and discovering information ourselves, we'll not only be better positioned to interject our opinions in a more strategic manner, but we may just end up having our point made for us. And if questioning of this type is not your strong suit, Simply make it a point to ensure that the other side has a clear understanding of what you're trying to say. Namely, make sure that they verbally state your position back to you. This sounds childish, but it's the only way to know for sure that your message was received in the manner intended. Sometimes hearing things out loud or even speaking them ourselves helps us to see them in a different light. Now, this is a step that warrants a more extensive discussion, yes, and it's likely only to be perfected with many years of practice. 
but by mastering the art of reflective inquiry and placing emphasis on the fact that your thoughts are at least being received as intended will surprisingly go a long way. Even something as small as ensuring that your idea is repeated back to you will, believe it or not, end up making you a better negotiator, a happier thinker, and a more confident conversationalist. So those are the five steps, and happy debating. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.